Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. We're in week number three as a church of a series that we've been calling Jesus in his own words. And uh, you can catch up if you haven't listened to the other two messages. Uh, I think you probably have plenty of time uh, to go and catch up on those messages and a lot of other messages. We have an audio podcast that's on Apple Music and Spotify. I encourage you to take some time uh, to listen back through those messages because in this series, we're taking a look at the seven I am statements in the book of John where seven different times Jesus tells us who he is in his own words. And really the big idea of this series is that when we know who Jesus is, we see who he is calling us to be. And today we're going to be looking at the third I am statement found in John chapter 10. And we're going to start in verse one, where Jesus says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold, and we're going to come back to that in just a second, who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same thief, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. So then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly, I say to you, here it is, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. And he says it again in verse nine, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. How many of you know that doors are a huge part of our lives? Like we have doors at our homes. Uh, we have doors at our jobs. Uh, we have doors on our cars. We have doors for our cars. <laughs> we have doors just for guys and doors just for girls. I feel very much like Dr. Seuss right now. <laughs> We have doors for our mail uh, and we have automatic doors where we spend all our money. <laughs> but I promise you, I guarantee you, you cannot find toilet paper through these doors <laughs> right now. <laughs> and we even have doors for our dogs. <laughs> doors are a huge part of our lives. And in John chapter 10, Jesus, he declares, I am the door. And just to give you context for why Jesus said this, because truthfully, if you were living in those times when Jesus said this, it would have made a lot more sense because at the time, people owned sheep. And during the day, the sheep would be out doing sheep things. But then at night, 
the shepherds would always bring the sheep into what John chapter 10 calls a sheepfold. And this is where the sheep would be safe and secure and protected overnight. And I did some research and here's what one of those sheepfolds would actually look like. It would look like that. That's what it would look like when Jesus would have said that. And he said, I am the door and, and talked about the sheepfold. This is what it would be. But here's what I find so interesting. I don't know about you, but the very first thing that I notice is that there's no physical door. And yet Jesus said, I am the door. And there's no door because the shepherd would lie down in that gap all night long acting as the door. Almost saying like, if you want to take what's mine, you got to go through me. And Jesus says, I am the door. Now, this is a very theologically beefy I am statement, but there are two things that when I was preparing for this message that stood out to me so clearly in these first 10 verses of John chapter 10. And here's number one, write this down. Jesus is the door to eternal life. Jesus is the door to eternal life. And this is where Jesus says in verse nine, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Now this is not exclusively to John 10. This is a consistent message all throughout the New Testament that in John three sixteen, just seven chapters earlier, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And then in Acts chapter four, verse 12, talking about Jesus, the Bible says that there is no one else who has the power to save us. And the theological term for Jesus being the door to eternal life is this word known as salvation, which means that through Jesus and only Jesus, that we have been forgiven of every single sin, past, present, and future, that our debt has been paid, that our balance has been brought to zero, and that we don't owe anything anymore. And salvation is, get this, a free gift, which means you can't give enough money to buy it, and you can't do enough good works to earn it. You can only receive it. And when you receive that free gift of grace, through putting our faith in Jesus, we get to spend eternity in heaven with God face to face after our time on this earth. And I don't know what you think heaven is going to be like, but I'm telling you, it's going to be awesome. Like, it's going to be amazing. I love Cincinnati. I do. I love Cincinnati with all my heart. God has given me a supernatural love for this city. When I'm gone, I miss it. I love Cincinnati, but I'm telling you, heaven is better. Heaven is better. And this is how heaven is described in Revelation chapter 21, verses 3 and 4. It says this, look, God's home is now among his people. And if we just left it right there, that would be enough. That God is at home with us. That God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with him. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying 
or pain. Listen, there will be no more sickness, no more disease, no more viruses, no more pandemics, none of that. It says all these things are gone forever. Write this down. Eternal life means Jesus offers a better place. Eternal life means Jesus offers a better place that is better than what we are in right now. Raise your head up. Be encouraged today because eternal life, Jesus being the door, means that he is offering a better place than what we're experiencing right now. And you need to know that this whole idea is a very big deal to our church. In fact, our vision, which we believe is God's vision for your life, It's to see every single person, including you, including your friends and your family and all 2.1 million people in the greater Cincinnati area, is that we want to see every single person go on a spiritual journey where they experience four things, where they know God, where they find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And this is the very first part of our vision that everything starts with knowing God, saying yes to Jesus and accepting the free gift of salvation. Now, if you study like the stats of our city, you're going to see some things that when you look at the spiritual stats, you'll see that 34% of our population is far from God. That 34%. But then if you look even closely, you'll see that 52% of people under 40, the next generation, the people that will take the church further into the next generation, that 52% of people 40 years and younger are far from God. And listen, listen. This is why this is so important. Because heaven and hell are realities. It's real. Heaven and hell are realities. They're real places where people are really going to go one day. And as I'm telling you, and those, those numbers, those percentages, those aren't just numbers. Those are real people with real names and real stories. And as long as I'm leading this church, and as long as there's breath in my lungs and my heart is beating, man, we will do everything we possibly can to do to help as many people as possible know God. We will. In fact, we will do everything short of sin to reach people. And this is a big deal to us because we believe with all our heart that this is a big deal to God. Because I believe that when God sees the world, He doesn't see Christians and non-Christians. He sees His kids, all of them. And some are lost and some are found. And if you've ever lost anything of value to you, that's all you think about. Think about it. Think about like whenever you lose something that you really love and you really value, it's like like you can't think about anything else. It's like we're distracted by that which is lost and what's found anymore isn't important. So just think if you lost your cell phone, I'm telling you, there'd be some people that would just crawl under a table and suck their thumb because because they would freak out so bad because they lost their cell phone. But like whenever you lose your cell phone, you're like, oh, no big deal. I've got my keys and my social security card. So we're all good. You know, and, and do you know why you're that way? Do you know why that we're wired that way? Because we're made in the image of God. And guess what? God's that way too. And in Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells three, what he calls parables, which are just stories 
all with the same message. I will leave the found things to find what's lost. So we want as many people to know that Jesus is the door to eternal life. And when I look at these verses, I see one other thing. And number two, Jesus is the door to abundant life. That not only is Jesus the door to eternal life, but Jesus is the door to abundant life. That's that, that last verse in John 10, 10, where he says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I love the NIV translation that says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And the message paraphrase puts it this way. I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Now, the theological term for this, for Jesus being the door to abundant life, is this word sanctification. So we have salvation and sanctification. And sanctification is the ongoing process of just becoming like Jesus. And sanctification is very different from salvation. Salvation has to do with your time after this earth. Sanctification has to do with your time on this earth. See, salvation, it happens instantly, like right away. Salvation happens there. Sanctification, on the other hand, is an ongoing, sometimes painfully slow process that will last the rest of your lives. Salvation is where Jesus gives you his life. And get this, sanctification is where you give Jesus your life. Salvation is where Jesus becomes your savior. And sanctification is where Jesus becomes your Lord. Now, that, that statement in 2020 is not like a term that we use all the time. We don't say, oh, my Lord, like, uh, and, and we don't have lords anymore. And it sounds very like Lord of the Ringish and kind of old school. And so it's, it's a term that I think a lot of times we, we don't know what to do with. And we hear it all the times in church, and it's this Christianese word, but we don't really know what it means. Let me just break it down for you of what Lord actually means. It just means this. He's in control not you. That's what it means. It's not only did he save your soul and that one day you will be able to spend eternity with him in heaven. That means right now he's in control and you're not. That means he's in charge. That means he's the boss. And here's what I found, just honestly. I've met a lot of people who want Jesus as their savior, but who don't really want Jesus as their Lord. Who want salvation but aren't really concerned about sanctification. And it breaks my heart. It really does. Like It breaks my heart. It makes me sad because being a Christian is so much more than just getting your fire insurance so that whenever you die, you don't go to hell. Like There's so much more for you to experience than that. Jesus not only offers us eternal life one day, He offers us abundant life right now. And so if, if eternal life means Jesus offers a better place. Get this, abundant life means Jesus offers a better now. So so make sure that we understand the difference because eternal life 
It means that Jesus offers us a better place. Like, like, it, like one day, Jesus will offer us a better place, but abundant life. And this is what we need to hear today. That abundant life means Jesus offers us a better right now. And listen, we believe heart and soul as a church that following Jesus is the best life that you and I could ever possibly live. Like better than anything, better than any job, better than any amount of money, better than anything else this world can offer, that the best life that you and I could ever live is found following Jesus. But in my experience, I found that people really struggle at times to buy into this. I think people can really easily, okay, I can buy into the salvation part, but the sanctification part, uh, like, like, I, like I'm all about the eternal life thing, but I don't know if I really buy into the fact that Jesus offers the best life, the abundant life, life to the full that I can. I, I found that people really struggle to buy into this. They struggle to buy in that Jesus in control is better than me in control. That Jesus in the driver's seat of my life is better than me in the driver's seat of my life. That following Jesus is better than following my wants or my desires or my cravings or my feelings. That Jesus' way is better than my way. That my relationships, my friendships, my marriage, my parenting, my dating, my sexuality, my finances, my schedule, my weekend, my social media, my habits, my language, my career, my future, that everything Jesus' way is better than everything my way. And the truth is, is that going through that door, going through the door that Jesus offers abundant life, goes against pretty much everything in our culture today. That going through that door, I'm telling you right now, it may be hard, but listen to me, just because it's hard, it doesn't make it bad. That going through this door may cost you something, but I believe that everything truly great does. That going through the door may make you feel very uncomfortable, but I promise you, I promise you, believe, man, I just wish you believe me. I promise you that it is worth it because when you follow Jesus, he just doesn't give you peace. He will give you peace that transcends all your understanding. Listen, you can have that type of peace right now with everything that's going on in our world. You can sit there and experience that type of peace that he just doesn't give you joy. He will give you great and glorious joy, which words cannot express. He just doesn't forgive. He will forgive generously that he won't just pour out a little bit of grace on your life. He will give, like John 1, 16 says, grace heaped upon more grace. He just doesn't bless you. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He just won't give you a little bit of hope today. He will give you a hope that cannot be shaken. That's like an anchor for your soul. That doesn't matter what the news says. You can have hope. So make no mistake about it. On the other side of that door is more life, not less. It's more freedom, not less. It's more purpose, not less. It's more fulfillment, not less. It's more hope, not less. It's more peace, not less. 
Now, here's what's so cool to me. It's that the Bible, it says that Jesus, who is the door to eternal and abundant life, that the door actually knocks on the door of your heart. In Revelation chapter 3, in verse 20, it says, Here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. And today, if you've never made the decision to follow Jesus, to give him your life, to receive the free gift of grace, Jesus, I'm telling you right now, wherever you're at, whether you're in your home, whether you have a small group around you, whether you're all by yourself, that right now Jesus is at the door of your heart and he's knocking. He's saying, hey, isn't it about time? Like, why wait? Isn't it about time? And listen, I made that decision 20 plus years ago on June 25th, 1999. I'm telling you, my life has never been the same. And today, on March 15th, 2020, it can be your day. And I believe that your life will never be the same. So Jesus is the door to eternal life. And Jesus is the door to abundant life. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And today, if you want to go through the door that leads to eternal and abundant life, if you want to say, yes to Jesus and receive the free gift of grace and start or restart a relationship with God. Maybe you need a fresh start. I just want you to pray this just simply in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I love you. I need you. I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. Will you come live inside me? Change me. Will you make me brand new? I surrender my whole life to you, everything. I give you my life. And today, I choose to follow you. And God, right now, I pray for our entire church family. I pray for all those in our city and in our country and around the world. And if you would, just right there, right where you're at, just will you open your hands just to receive. And God, I just pray that you will fill each and every person that's watching this church at home experience. Would you fill them with peace? But not just any peace. I just don't pray for peace that we can talk ourselves into. But God, I pray for peace that can only come from you. I pray for peace that passes all our understanding. Peace directly from heaven. Peace that doesn't even make sense. God, I pray for peace that even surprises us. God, right now we take every single thought captive and make them obedient to Jesus and obedient to truth. God, I reject and break and bind every single lie of the enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And God, I pray that you illuminate truth like never before and help us to line up to that truth. God, I pray right now that you will comfort them that can only come from the Holy Spirit, that type of comfort. And God, would you just, would you just give us just tremendous amount of peace, tremendous amount of peace and, and calm and comfort. We thank You so much that we have access to that. That not only do we have access to eternal life one day and a better place one day, but we have access to abundant life right now. So God, I pray in Jesus' name that every single one of us would step into that abundant life today that You have called us to. We love You and we thank You for Jesus. 
And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People. 